from him who is present right here and right now and is present with you always, from him who provides, provides for you everything you need for body, soul, and spirit always, from him be all grace and mercy and peace. Amen. Our text for this morning is our gospel lesson, especially this part of it where Jesus says to the disciples, calls out to them on the lake, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. This is our text. It's been quite a number of years now that my dad made the proclamation to our family, I'm no longer going fishing. I am not a fisherman. Every single time I get in a boat, the fish jump out of the lake on the other side. It was a disappointment to me because some of my favorite times and favorite memories as a young child, we're going fishing with my dad. I can remember the times when we would get up seemingly in the middle of the night. It was still dark out. We would meet together with friends. We would get out there on the lake. And, and even if we didn't catch much, that wasn't the important thing. What was important was the time that I got to spend together with my dad. My dad, who baited the hook for me, who took the fish off of the hook once we caught them, the one who watched the stringer of fish get away from the boat, <laughs> that one time I'll never forget, the times that we would weigh the anchor and bring it up and drop it again at another part of the lake. We always hoped we would catch the biggest fish in the lake. We never did, but like I said, that wasn't important. What was important was spending time with my dad. In the end, a great fishing experience is all about relationships and the presence of those who know how to fish, even if they don't know how to fish that well. And that's where we find our disciples in today's gospel lesson. They have just been commissioned by Jesus to forgive and retain sins. They have been commissioned by him to be his disciples, to be his apostles, and now we see them going back to what is most familiar to them. They go back to their familiar vocation. They go back to fishing. They go back to their fishing with a new identity and with a new purpose. And as they do, they experience what all fishermen experience from time to time, a night where they aren't catching any fish. And so as the dawn comes, they see this figure on the lake shore, and he calls out to them, have you caught any fish? And, and they say no, and he says, well, why don't you throw your net on the other side of the boat? And they must be kind of laughing to themselves because they're thinking, we've been doing this all night. He thinks if we just throw it out on the other side, all of a sudden we're going to catch something. And they say, well, why not? Let's give it a try. So they throw it out, and lo and behold, they catch more fish than they can almost even pull in. By the abundance of that catch, they recognize who is the one on the shore. It's Jesus. It is the risen Lord. And I want you to take note of this this morning, an important detail in this story, and that is at night, when they were alone, when they were apart from the presence of Jesus, they caught nothing. 
But in the morning, when they were there in the presence of Jesus and he speaks his word to them and tells them what to do, the catch of fish is overabundant. It's almost more than they can haul in. They catch literally a boatload of fish. Jesus' first contact with his disciples in that early morning dawning time was by his word. The Greek text tells us that he calls out to them, you don't have anything to eat, do you? And they call back to him, no, we don't have anything to eat. And at that point, they have difficulty seeing and recognizing and realizing that it's the risen Lord. They have a hard time understanding what it is they're supposed to be doing, and they're surprised by the presence of Jesus in their midst. Sometimes we have the same problem. We have a hard time catching on to the fact that Jesus is present with us, like he was with them. And then once we get it figured out, we, like those disciples, have a difficult time going about the business of telling others that he is really here with us, that he's present, that he lives for us and loves us, that he has appeared to us, that he has spoken to us. The problem comes with the disciples' own lack of faith, which leads to their lack of expectation. They don't expect to see Jesus. They think he's finished with his work now and and they're on their own. Isn't that how it is with us? We too don't always expect to see Jesus in our everyday realities, in the busyness of our lives, even in the mundane activities of our lives. We expect to see him at certain times and in certain places. We expect to see him here in this place, but once we get busy with life, well, it's a little bit more difficult to realize and recognize that he is here right now with us in the reality of our present life. Our sin makes us misunderstand who we are and what it is that we are supposed to be doing. I think a small case in point can be found in your bulletin this morning. Two weeks ago, we celebrated the wonderful, glorious celebration of Easter Sunday. And if you looked in your bulletin last week, you would have seen that we had nearly 300 people over the course of Saturday and Sunday worshiping here for Easter. And then if you look at the numbers from last Sunday, you'll see that that number is almost cut in half. Last Sunday, a no less important Sunday from an eternal point of view, the number of people who come was 160. I guess we forget that Jesus is present here every Sunday, every week, every month, out of every year, not just one or two Sundays. And and those of us who are regularly here sometimes forget that we have a God-given responsibility and mission to reach out to those who are not regularly here, who have never been here or don't even know that we're here. There There are people dying without the love of Jesus in their lives. There are people crying out emotionally and spiritually, and yet we misunderstand that we are to be the presence of Jesus for them, to point them and draw them and maybe even drag them and bring them to this place where God speaks and Jesus feeds and the Holy Spirit is present to forgive. All this is true because of the fact that as John tells us at the very beginning of his gospel, Jesus 
made his dwelling among us. He tabernacled with us. He pitched his tent here on earth and lived with us. He was present in this world to live a perfect life for us, to die our death as we just witnessed on Good Friday, and to rise again from the dead with alleluias coming forth from the tomb as we saw two Sundays ago, because God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God, the great exchange the glorious transformation that he has given to us in our baptism. And now that same St. John that was on the boat that, with Peter that early morning later wrote this about the forgiving presence of God for you and me. He writes, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he has commanded us. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit that he gave us. That's the spirit of the living Jesus who makes his home in your home who makes his home in your baptized heart, who makes his home in this place where he is present to distribute the food of life and love and forgiveness. And as we go about our calling to be fishers of people, we do so knowing that our relationship has been restored with our Heavenly Father. We carry the name of the one who knows the way, who leads us and guides us, who provides for us, who forgives and forgets and enables us for his important work in this world. As we tried to show to the children this morning, God makes things that are ordinary sacred. God makes things that are ordinary sacred. It's what he does in our lives and in the church. To those without faith, this place where we're sitting right now is nothing more than that big brown A-frame church that's about a block away from the church that sells pumpkins. That's what it is to people without faith. But because of the Easter presence of Jesus, this place is for us a sacred space, a holy place a place where we take off our shoes and bow down before him in worship and praise. Jesus meets us here to proclaim into our ears forgiveness, to feed into our mouths his faith-strengthening meal, to help and be present for us in and with one another as we help and support each other in the body of Christ. The disciples we can see in the Gospels were just a little bit slow in recognizing Jesus, but but once he forgave them and changed them and transformed them, their lives were never the same again. In fact, we know from history that a number of them gave their lives as martyrs for the faith, for their Savior, for the one who rescued them. Jesus showed them on this early morning where to catch the fish. He helped them make their living, if you will, that day. And they recognized him. And they thanked him. 
He broke bread with them and they recognized him and were strengthened by him. He healed the sick and gave the sight, gave the blind sight in his ministry, and they identified him and confessed him as Lord. He, he taught with authority and commanded evil to depart, and they saw God working among them. He loved the unlovable and forgave those who sinned and saw that God was working salvation in their midst, and now he was going to do all of that through them, through ordinary fishermen who he has called and made to be sacred by his forgiveness. Jesus is here today. He is present. But he doesn't just stay here when you leave this place. He goes with you. He walks with you. He's present with you. His Easter presence will appear before you as you go about and walk and talk and work with your fellow Ascension members. Jesus feeds us here in this place, and then he sends us sends us to go and feed with the life-giving food others who need that same thing. Because he feeds us here today with his life-giving food, which guarantees his presence and his strength for us. So now watch. Take a look. See how Jesus works through all of us to haul in that overabundant catch of fish that he provides for you and me. In Jesus' name, amen.